Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast. It is a joy and a pleasure to have a great friend, and we have known each other for quite a few decades, uh, both when we were uh, just coming up in in our careers and in our craft, learning our craft. Uh, I am very pleased, we're very pleased to have Scott Rummel, voiceover actor and narrator on the uh, podcast today. Welcome, Scott. Thanks, Craig. It's great to see you. Scott has a wonderful story, and I was doing some research earlier today, and it's dotted with wonderful uh, little anecdotes and ways that he came up in the voiceover world. Tell people uh, that are unfamiliar with voiceovers, what is it that a voiceover does? So our job as as a voiceover person can really come out in many ways. Uh, Some people who are voiceover uh, actors specialize in cartoons and character voices. Some people are narrative and they do um, maybe documentary style narration. Um, my, My particular specialty for the last 25 years has been the voice of many of the movie ads and trailers that you've heard and then the promos for the networks um so we're the ones that say shark tank next on abc or this summer from marvel or you know from walt disney pictures so that's been my specialty but i've been so blessed because i actually have done a number of cartoons i was on a show called rugrats and i played aquaman on the justice league series and what I found in that is that I really loved it, but the people that are the, the animation actors are just so good. They can do characters back and forth with each other. And so that's never really been my focus or specialty. I love being the voice of the movies. And um, so, but a voice actor could be, I mean, just think of the amount of time every day that you are watching TV and hearing a voice, but not actually seeing that person. It really is hundreds of times per day that you are listening to a voice on the radio, on a television commercial, on a TV show that you're watching where you never ever see their face, but you hear their voice. And so that could be, it could be so many things these days from commercials to, uh, you know, TV shows to web series. It it just, if you start really focusing on the amount of times a day you hear somebody's voice and don't see who that person is, that is a voice actor. How many voice actors would you say are out there uh, working in the industry? I I think there was one quote, you said there were probably over 50,000. I believe that's the case because now with databases, uh, things that we did not have when I was coming into the business, uh, we always guessed 
in the early days that there was something around 10,000, but we know now uh, that that has grown. And it's grown because the amount of media has grown. I mean, you know, when I started in this business, there was really three networks. And now there's hundreds of cable networks and there's all kinds of things on new media and it, it's just the amount. So I, I, I guess that we are at about 50,000 people who would call themselves uh, working voice actors. Very, very good. Scott can be heard and has been heard over the years on prominent networks like ABC, CBS, CNN, Showtime, Fox, and there's probably hundreds and hundreds more that are recognizable. He's done over 100,000 voice sessions. And so this isn't something he just started last Tuesday uh, after going to Taco Bell and having a couple, having the Chalupa box or something like that. Yes. But, um, <laughs> he's been in it for a very, very long time. I want to uh, go back to really uh, something from your childhood. There is a device that is very, very important to you, and it is your grandfather's tape recorder. Talk about that. So when I was a kid, I was really listening to voices. Um, I, I was a weird little kid. Like so many people, I, I was drawn to the, 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 the human voice and what it is as an instrument. And so my grandfather had a tape recorder. My grandfather, he was the postmaster of Glendale, but he also was an avid singer in his church. And um, he had this tape recorder. And I have it right behind me in my studio here. It sits right next to me every day. And um, so when I would go over to his house, I would say, hey, Grandpa, can I use your tape recorder? And he thought that was the craziest thing, but I just loved to go in that back room by myself, pretend it was a studio, record funny voices. And, and then I, I met a friend who also had a tape recorder. And this was, I'm, I'm talking like third, fourth grade, right? And we together then would produce these crazy, funny little dramas on this tape recorder. And then we would take them out and play them for his family. And they would laugh and think it was fantastic. And so that is a, a very special thing to me because that was kind of the beginning of me. Um, and I think God preparing me for my purpose, which was to be in this industry in this particular craft. I've heard... Um from a couple of baseball announcers that they did something similar as kids. They would watch the game on TV and they would turn down the audio and they would recreate the, uh, the game at that time with their own call of the game. You know, pull holes, uh, steps in, uh, pitch one, fastball, oh, outside. You know what I tell you? And they would recreate things and it really was the same thing as you. It was the spark in the beginning of your imagination, Scott. Absolutely. I remember watching uh, Gomer Pyle, USMC, as a kid, and some of your audience may remember that, starring Jim Neighbors, and he, he played this kind of southern, goofy character, 
And uh, as a very little kid watching this 1960s television series, I would be going, golly, you know, as a kid. And my folks just thought it was the craziest thing because, you know, I had picked up on, on what his tone was and his, you know, the whole thing. And um, I, used to, I used to do all that kind of stuff. I remember as a kid watching a show called Laugh-In. And my favorite part was uh, Gary Owens, the great announcer, putting his, uh, cupping his hand over his ear and saying, from beautiful downtown Burbank, you know, and watching him and doing that, mimicking that as a kid. And then just a beautiful story was, um, I was able to work with Gary um, a number of times. Yeah, we did a series of commercials together, uh, just he and I, and got to know him. There's a, a picture of him uh, up in my studio behind me. But as a little kid, being drawn to this, there's something different about that. And I think that's what's so cool about how God plants these things inside of us. And sometimes people miss. They go, well, that can't be anything. But my goodness, the first time I really realized that people made a living doing this, I was all in. Talking to voiceover actor professional Scott Rummel on the podcast, great conversation. We'll be back in 32 seconds. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. Welcome back to the podcast, talking to Scott Rummel, voiceover actor. Now, you listen to a prominent person in your family do radio and TV as you were growing up, and it was your dad. Talk about that. So my dad was um, a great um, bass singer. He was, um, in fact, he and my mom were married on a Christian singing tour uh, that they were on together. They had a stop in Arizona, and my mom and dad decided to get married, and that's where their lives began. But they were both singers. And um, they were with popular Christian groups back in the day. And my dad was a bass, and he had a beautiful bass voice. Um, at a certain point, my dad uh, stopped singing, and he became a firefighter in Los Angeles and actually retired uh, as a battalion chief. During his tenure at the fire department for a period of years, he was the spokesman, what they call the PIO uh, Public, Public information officer. Yes. And so it was not uncommon for me to hear my father uh, talking about a brush fire uh, on the radio or talking about, you know, I would hear him talking about Christmas tree safety during the holidays. And um, he had a great relationship with all of the, the radio stations and television stations. And uh, he also was one of those guys that would mimic like the Gary Owens or whatever, you know, he would, it would just catch him that way as well. And so I grew up with this dad that had a beautiful voice and uh, it wasn't beyond the realm of, of uh, reality 
that people I knew could actually be in a broadcast situation. So it was very impressionable to me. And so my dad at one point took me around to, uh, well, I'm thinking uh, KMPC and, you know, um, other other radio stations when I was a kid. And I just was fascinated with the whole thing. And, you know, it's easy for me to look back and just see how really how God was preparing me throughout this time to be able to go into this career. Now, not to say that it was easy and just set up for me and I just walked into it because I don't, I would never say that. It took a lot of hard work and no food in the refrigerator days uh, to, to get to that point. But it was my purpose. And I, I had this in a, epiphany that this was something that I was really supposed to do. And um, so, you know, I pursued it, kept pursuing it, didn't give up. And, but my dad uh, has been my biggest fan and cheerleader. Uh, he, you know, every time I talk to him, he says, boy, I heard you on this and I heard you on that. And, and still he's, you know, very, very thrilled with uh, my work in this industry. There is a place in your life that is very, very uh, important and memorable. And it's a place called Disneyland. Yes. I just loved Disneyland as a kid. We only really went twice a year. We would go once during the summer and we would spend a whole day there. And then there was always a firefighter's night where they had a private party for the firefighters that would start around 5 p.m. and go to midnight. And so those were the two times a year that I got to go to Disneyland. But again, here I am a little kid and I'm focused on the announcer over the, the loudspeaker announcing the parades and the fireworks and thinking, wow, that is so cool. We're going into the Haunted Mansion and hearing Paul Frees' beautiful, spooky narration or on the Pirates of the Caribbean hearing Thurl Ravenscroft and, and uh, all these great voices, right? And so as a kid, you know, I'm, I'm standing there, again, stopping and listening to the, the announcer, who was Jack Wagner, who also was somebody that I got to know. Uh, it's, a small, he, it's sort of a small club, isn't it? It really is. I got to know him. And uh, actually, I was the very first voice uh, to replace Jack Wagner after he retired. And, you know, to do the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in just five minutes, the Main Street Electrical Parade. And, uh, you know, that, that's crazy. I mean, the odds of me being able to be a little kid listening to that voice, wanting to be that voice, and then becoming that voice, even though it was, it was really for a very short period of time. Um, my, my career in Hollywood was really starting to take off as far as commercials and all these other things. And, um, and so at a certain point, I, uh, I had gotten that dream and my kids had heard my voice in the park. And then I, I moved on to continue to do other things. And my really great friend, Bill Rogers, uh, replaced me and has been there for uh, 
25, 30 years now. And, uh, but it was this beautiful thing that happened for me. Uh, you know, when a, a dream actually happens, a childhood dream. And, um, you know, I, it's just, uh, for me, it was one of those things is like, wow, as a kid, I dreamed about this. And then I, I became that. And there, you know, the odds of that happening are really impossible without the hand of God. And that's my personal opinion on that. You came in to, through sort of a, very much a side door or a back door uh, into doing voiceovers by doing radio ad sales. That, that was your start. That was uh, your foot in the door, but it was not the typical way to go. Talk about that. So th this is really interesting. I was at a fork in the road and that was, okay, so, um, and, and I had been with a group called the Continental Singers. I traveled the world uh, sharing Christ through music, uh, all, you know, into communist countries and literally over the world for three years. And I came back and I really kept talking about wanting to be in Christian radio, uh, to be a disc jockey in Christian radio. And, uh, and I quickly realized that they weren't just handing out jobs for that. Um, and so I was looking at two different things. My dad was a firefighter. I really admired him. And I, you know, I grew up around a firehouse and, and all of that stuff. And so I thought, you know, maybe I'll give firefighting a chance. And my dad felt that the best way for me to do that was through, uh, going through paramedic school and getting on the department as a paramedic and then moving to a firefighter. And um, so literally I was applying for paramedic school and my dad called me and he said, you know, I know you really want to do radio. And I saw an ad that the local radio station, Christian radio station in Orange County, KYMS, is hiring an account executive. And I said, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that a shot. And I had been doing some sales work, um, selling commercial chemicals and paper products, you know, basically toilet paper and soap to uh, uh, people in the city of Santa Fe Springs and Whittier and for a company called California Maintenance Supply. And I, I think I was 21. And I had shot to the number one salesperson in that company. I really enjoyed that. And, um, and so when I went there, I had that sales experience. And I figured it was, it was a way into an industry that I loved. And, you know, I speak on college campuses and I tell kids this. You know, I say that, first of all, it's extremely easy to be successful for you. Because for those of you who want it, your generation is one of the laziest generations that, you know, has ever been on this planet. So for those of you that are willing to work hard, our generation will notice you and promote you. And I did. I worked, you know, I worked hard. I wanted that job. And then I realized it was a way into an industry. And I, I've seen it over and over again in my career. You have young people come into this industry as PAs or uh, temporary typists, 
at an agency and you see them stick to it, learn the ropes and rise really to greatness in this industry. And um, so I really felt like if I, if I did that, I would do a great job selling radio airtime, but I would learn the craft and, and try to begin to understand how I could put my voice to use. And so every day after I got off at five o'clock, I would go into the production room. Now there's a great friend of mine who was on the air at that time. He was program director and a beautiful voice and you can still hear his voice every day on, on the radio doing, uh, he's been the, the voice of like Greg Laurie's ministry and Chuck Smith and, and uh, so, this, this friend of mine, Dave Spiker, actually showed me how to use the board and the microphone and the tape machine. And so every day at, you know, five o'clock or shortly after, I would go into that production room, which was empty, and I would just start recording my voice. Now, I like to say that I was practicing for a job I didn't know how to get, but I was just doing something. You know, I would read scripts, I would do whatever, I would listen back. And, um, and so I was doing something. And I believe sometimes, you know, people don't know what to do. So they just don't do anything. And I didn't know what to do, but I was doing something. And every little bit of that helped along the way. Really enjoying this conversation with Scott Rummel. We'll be back in the next episode to pick up where we left off. Join us. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.